from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies, this is Pardes from Jerusalem. I'm Larry Kluger, a Pardes alum. This week, Va'etchanan. This week, Rabbi Michael Hatton discusses Va'etchanan. Rabbi Michael Hatton is a member of the Pardes faculty. And now, Rabbi Michael Hatton. Last week's Parsha of Devarim and this week's Parsha of Va'etchanan share a common thread. Not only are they connected thematically, but the Jewish calendar has also connected them insofar as events associated with this time of year. Parshat Devarim is always read before the ninth of Av. The ninth of Av, of course, is the day that commemorates the destruction of the first and second temple, a national day of mourning and fasting on the Jewish calendar. Parshat Va'etchanan is always read on the Shabbat that follows the ninth of Av. We indicate these features of the Parshiot by making special reference to the ninth of Av within the Parshiot themselves. Last week's Parsha of Devarim is Moshe's impassioned words to the people of Israel in the 40th year of their wilderness wanderings as they are poised to enter the Promised Land. Moses will not be accompanying them and he takes the opportunity on the eve of his death to offer instruction to the people of Israel, to remind them of their past failures, to encourage them concerning the challenges ahead. In the course of doing so, he recalls many events associated with the people's adventures during the 40 years of their wandering. There is one in particular which stands out, and that, of course, is the sin of the spies. The sin of the spies, in chronological order, occurs in the book of Numbers, Sefer Bimidbar, in Parshat Shalach. In Parshat Devarim, Moshe recalls the events with a hindsight of 40 years. As he explains, Parshat Devarim, Deuteronomy 1, verse 22, kulchem. You all gathered around me and you said, Let us send men before us to search out the land. Let them return to us concerning the way that we shall ascend and the cities that we shall have to conquer. And in fact, Moshe describes how the spies went and they spied out the land. They brought back, they brought back fruits from the land as well as their report. And as Moshe explains, verse 26 of chapter 1, You did not want to ascend and to enter the land, people of Israel, but you rebelled against the word of your God. And in fact, as a result of that debacle, the people of Israel were condemned to remain in the wilderness for 40 years. So one of the major events that Parshat Devarim recounts is the sin of the spies. And we make another reference to the ninth of Av in the reading itself. As that sin of the spies is about to unfold, Moshe first recounts how difficult it was for him to lead the people and how burdensome they were. Verse number 1, chapter 1, sorry, verse number 12 reports, Echa esalavadi, How shall I bear on my own, says Moshe, Torchachem umasaachem verivachem, All of your burden and all of your heaviness and all of your confrontational nature. And the way we traditionally read this verse or chant it on Shabbat morning of Parshat Devarim is actually to the tune of Lamentations, to that section of text which we read on the ninth of Av, the Book of Lamentations, the Megillah of Lamentations, which of course begins with the word Eicha, 
The Megillah of Lamentations in Hebrew is known as Megillat Eicha, Eicha meaning how, and in fact in this verse the word Eicha occurs, Eicha Esalavadi, and we chant it with the intonation of the Megillah of Eicha. Eicha Esalavadi, Torchachem Umasaachem, Verivechem. All of this is a very long way of saying that the reading of Parshat Devarim anticipates the ninth of Av that will be marked in the week following that reading. And in a similar vein, this week's Parsha, Parshat Ve'etchanan, always follows the ninth of Av. And the Haftarah for Parshat Ve'etchanan, the special reading that we do from the prophets, is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. And it begins with the words, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, Yomar Elohechem. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. For this reason, the week of Parshat Ve'etchanan is known as Shabbat Nachamu, the Shabbat of Consolation. In contrast to the Shabbat of Parshat Devarim, which is known as Shabbat Chazon, the Shabbat of Vision because the Haftarah for Parshat Tevarim is taken again from the book of Isaiah, but not from a section of comfort, not from a section of compassion and divine mercy, but from a place of rebuke and intense criticism of the people. The very first chapter of Isaiah, in which he accuses the people of abandoning God, of behaving immorally, of offering sacrifice without authenticity, and of following the example of Sodom and Gomorrah. So basically, once again, Parshat Devarim traditionally inaugurates the ninth of Av. Parshat Ve'etchanan, this week's Parsha, always follows the ninth of Av. In fact, the Haftarot that we will read from Parshat Ve'etchanan until Rosh Hashanah, seven weeks in total, are known as the seven Haftarot of Consolation. Sheva de Nechamata, and all of them are drawn from the book of Isaiah. These will, of course, be completed by two further Haftarot leading up to Rosh Hashanah and immediately after it, which concern the matter of Teshuvah, or repentance. So effectively, we have seven Haftarot of consolation, followed by two Haftarot of repentance. And this stretch of weeks really takes on a very special quality as a result. Because typically the Haftarah reading, the reading that we do from the prophets after the reading from the Torah, is actually some sort of a related theme to the Parsha itself. So for the Parshiyot that we're reading now, this is not the case. From Parshat Devarim until Rosh Hashanah and a little bit beyond, we will effectively be reading Haftarot that have less to do with the actual contents of the specific Parsha and more to do with the spirit of the season. First, the spirit of the ninth of Av, which is to say leading up to events associated with national destruction, and then following that, double measure really, seven haftarot, verses three, that deal with consolation and that deal with comfort and that deal with an ideal vision of restoration and ultimate redemption for the people of Israel. So the first thing we might say once again is that effectively Parshat Devarim and Parshat Ve'etchanan are linked not only in terms of their content as Parshiot, 
but also in terms of some sort of an intrinsic link that tradition is creating between these two parshiot and the ninth of Av that occurs in between. As I mentioned, Parshat Devarim reminds us of the sin of the spies. Just to recall the chronology of those events, because it will be important for understanding a further link between Devarim and the ninth of Av. According to Exodus chapter 19, the people of Israel arrived at Sinai in the third month after leaving Egypt. They left Egypt in the month of Nisan. They arrive at Sinai in the month of Sivan. They receive the Torah and they remain at Mount Sinai for almost a year. In the book of Numbers, Sefer Bimidbar chapter 10, we find that the people of Israel leave Mount Sinai and prepare to journey towards the land in the second year. So they've been at Mount Sinai for a year. They prepare to journey in the second year, at the beginning of the second year, in the month of Iyar, on the 20th day. So on the 20th day of Iyar, the people commence their journey towards the land. A number of adventures occur that delay them. And then the spies are sent in Parshat Shilach of the Book of Numbers. The Torah indicates when the spies are sent that it is the beginning of the ripening of the grapes. Vahayamim yemei bikurei anavim. Those that live in the land of Israel know that the grapes begin to ripen somewhere in the middle of the summer. They're not fully ripe until around Rosh Hashanah or Sukkot but they begin the process of ripening somewhere in the middle of the summer. And according to the rabbis, this is their tradition, the spies are actually sent on Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, the first day of the month of Tammuz. The Torah indicates that they undertake their mission of spying out the land for 40 days. And when they return with their evil report, once again, this is a rabbinic tradition, they return on the night of the ninth of Av. They, excuse me, they share their report with the people. The people lose their resolve and refuse to go forward and are therefore condemned to wander in the wilderness for a period of 40 years. Effectively, what I'm saying is that the rabbinic tradition cohesively connects the events surrounding the sending of the spies with the calendar day of the ninth of Av. Now, this chronology is not stated explicitly in the Torah, but it certainly is a plausible reconstruction of the details that the Torah does provide concerning the events and the time of year associated with the mission of the spies. All of this, of course, reinforces a famous Mishnah at the end of Masechet Ta'anit. Masechet Ta'anit, Tractate Ta'anit, which deals with fast days, records in chapter 4, Mishnah number 6, Chamisha devarim eru et avotenu b'shiva sar betamuz v'chamisha b'tisha ba'av. There are five tragedies associated with our ancestors that happened on the 17th day of Tammuz and a further five tragedies associated with the 9th of Av. I'm going to skip the 17th day of Tammuz discussion for now. The Mishnah continues, B'tisha Av, on the 9th of Av, the following five tragedies occurs, occurred. 
Nigzara Lavotenu Shaloyi Kansula Aretz number one. It was decreed on our ancestors that they would not enter the land. Number two, the first temple was destroyed. Number three, the second temple was destroyed. Number four, Betar was captured. Number five, the city was plowed over. The city of Jerusalem was plowed over. The Mishnah concludes, Mishenichnas Av, when the month of Av enters, Mima'atin Besimcha, we lessen our joy. So the Mishnah here spells out five national tragedies associated with the ninth of Av. It begins with the spies returning, the people refusing to go forward, their condemnation to remain in the wilderness for 40 years, which according to the rabbinic tradition happens on the 9th of Av, and then continues the thread so that the first temple destroyed by the Babylonians at the end of the Book of Kings is destroyed on the 9th of Av. Again, the Book of Kings does not offer that specific date, although it does say it happened in the month of Av, but that is the tradition. The second temple is destroyed on the 9th of Av. That's already the rabbinic tradition associated with the Roman exile. And of course, the destruction of Betar, approximately 60 years after the destruction of the second temple, the Jews of Judea once again rise up in revolt under the leadership of Bar Kochva. The revolt is cruelly put down by the emperor Hadrian. And as a result of that, Betar is destroyed, the final stronghold of the people, sovereignty of any sort for the people of Israel effectively ends in the land of Israel in the year 135, not to be restored until 1948, and the city of Jerusalem is plowed over by the Romans as an expression of their ultimate victory. So now we discover not only is there a link in terms of reading Parshat Devarim before the ninth of Av, but the sin of the spies, which Moshe recounts as being pivotal in Parshat Devarim, is also associated with the ninth of Av, as it were, the first national tragedy in the history of the people of Israel. Parshat Ve'erchanan is Moshe's impassioned plea. I pleaded to God to allow me to enter the land, but he refused. And this is a theme that Moshe will continue throughout Sefer Devarim, his intense disappointment at being denied entry into the land, having struck the rock at Masa'u Meriva, back in Sefer Bimidbar, Parshat Chukat in chapter 20. But even though Moshe is disappointed, he nowhere expresses bitterness or rancor. He accepts the divine decree and continues with his mission, which is to instruct the people, to exhort the people, to encourage the people as they are poised to enter the land, even though he himself will be condemned to die in the wilderness. As he says, Ki met hazot. I will die in this land, he says in this week's Parsha, chapter 4, verse number 22, Eneni I will not pass over the river Jordan, va'atem overim, but you, dear people of Israel, will pass over the Jordan, vivishtem, and you will possess this goodly land. And that, of course, introduces the next section in Parshat Ve'etchanan, chapter 4, verse number 25, which is Moshe's impassioned warning to the people. You will enter the land, and you will establish yourselves, and settle yourselves, and you will become complacent, 
and in your complacency you will adopt the idolatry that surrounds you on every side and when that day happens says Moshe you will surely be lost from upon the land God will scatter you among all of the nations chapter 4 verse 27 and you will remain few in number among the nations that God will lead you into and there you will serve those other gods effectively a vision of destruction and exile not surprisingly this is traditionally the Torah reading for the morning of the ninth of Av so once again we have a more cohesive link Parshat Ve'etchanan contains within it the Torah reading that we will be doing on the ninth of Av where that Torah reading in the main focuses upon the dangers of complacency the sin of idolatry and immorality, the inevitable destruction and exile which will follow. But fortunately, as is always the case in our tradition, there is a hopeful vision which concludes this harrowing section. Chapter 4, four verse 29. Uvi kashtem misham, there in exile and in abject oppression you will seek out the Lord your God and you will find him if you only seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul verse number 30 in your dire straits when all of these things transpire at the end of days you will return to the Lord your God and you will hearken to her vo his voice and he will be merciful and he will gather you in once again to your land the section concludes, chapter 4, verse 39, You should know this day. Take it to your heart. Ki Hashem hu ha'elukim, that God is the Lord in heaven above and on earth below. Ein od, there is no other. This hopeful note of the people ultimately being reconciled to God and being restored to his favor is of course something that we mention during the course of the daily prayers three times because this particular verse chapter 4 verse 39 is inserted consciously into the Aleinu prayer the Aleinu prayer ends the three prayer services of the day morning afternoon and evening and in the Aleinu prayer we speak of two things number one the particular relationship of the people of Israel and their God. Number two, the universal aspect of their mission in the world, which is to restore all of humanity to morality, to goodness, to justice, and to worship of the one God. So effectively, Parshat Ve'etchanan not only includes the vision of destruction that we will read on the ninth of Av, but also the kernel of the restoration that is part and parcel of every vision of destruction in our tradition. Because fundamentally, we are a people of hope. Fundamentally, we are a life-affirming people. And that means that we always look towards a brighter future. Shabbat Shalom from Jerusalem. Thank you, Rabbi Hatton. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode of Pardis from Jerusalem.